Going on, everybody. Game three of the NBA Finals tonight. Terry McBride. Now we're here to break this down from a no-house advantage perspective, looking at all the different NHA props, some overs we like, some unders, talk a little bit of hoops, break down the game also. Terry, now I know you're more of a baseball guy. You weren't super invested in the earlier rounds of the playoffs. Have you found yourself more invested in the NBA Finals, though? A little bit. Well, I was on with you guys for game one for the live stream that we did, and that was uh, a lot of fun. You know, I was on, uh, saw most of the second half, that dynamite comeback. I was a little, I had the second game on, but got a little less invested just because it was kind of a less interesting game, I think. Better game would have had my attention. But uh, yeah, I, I've been on board for the first two, and uh, looking forward to this one. Definitely going to watch it tonight. Yeah, everybody knows that I'll be pulling for the Celtics. I think that's been clear at this point. And uh, I actually I haven't looked at some of the betting splits for this game. I'm kind of curious. I don't know if you've looked at it. Boston Celtics favored by three and a half points tonight. Does that surprise you at all? Hmm. Um, no, I wouldn't think home game for Boston seems to, you know, seems to make sense that they'd be within that uh, general range. Um, actually, you know, for three and a half at a, at a home game in the finals, that's probably a little tight. I would think, you know, maybe uh, out to like four and a half, five even. Uh, but it is a pretty close competitive series. So it's not shocking in either direction, I guess. It sounds about right. And then one other thing I'll add to is, well, number one, I, I, I presume the public is going, I, and this is just a guess. Like I said, I haven't looked up any of the betting splits or information on this game. I expect the public is going to be all over the Warriors. They've been all over the Warriors in the first two games of the series. The public is betting Golden State to win the series outright before it started. And it's kind of, this is the difference you're generally seeing in the betting trends here, is you'll see equal money across the Celtics and Warriors for the most part, but there's far more betting tickets on the Warriors. So generally, here's what's happening in these games. You've got like 100 small bets going to the Warriors and then like one or two big bets going to the Celtics that will kind of cancel that out because that's generally been the trend we've seen. Actually, for all Celtics games throughout the playoffs, Listen to this, Terry. The Celtics in the playoffs, 13-7 and seven against the spread. By far the best team against the spread of any playoff team. And they've just constantly been a team that's undervalued. So the three and a half, I think that number could be used to be a little bit wide. But as people know, I'm much higher on the Celtics than pretty much everybody else. So that's also something that's going to play a little bit of a factor. But we talk about some of these Celtics guys from an NHA perspective now. And if you guys are signing up a no-house advantage for the first time, Use the promo code Osmo because you get a $25 bonus on your first deposit. That'll be good for some entries into the bigger contests that run over at NHA. Let's start by looking at some of the props we have here on the Boston guys. And right off the bat, are there any unders that are standing out to you when we look through the Celtics lineup? Uh, on the Boston side of things, yeah, we get uh, Peyton Pritchard looks like he's vaulting right up to the top of the board, given a just 5.7 minutes projection from us. So his PRA uh, is sitting up at the top there. Um, actually, it looks like it's on here twice. So I thought there was going to be a second one there, but it's just the PRA. And then a few spots down uh, the points plus assists, both plus in the uh, in the 90 range. But 10 and a half, assuming that our minutes projection is uh, is on point, over 13.8 minutes in the course of the entire playoffs, he's got a nine and a half. PRA average. So considering we're cutting him well short of that, of that minutes projection, I think he falls decently underneath that number over the last two, he's played 19 and 16. He's averaging 12.3 over the last, uh, the last uh, three games. So is it necessarily going to come in right around that, uh, that minutes projection that we put on it? Maybe not, but even if he gets out to that 13 and change, he's still not getting to that line. So that's set above and beyond what he's done for the playoffs so far. So I think that one kind of stands out at the top of the board there, the Pritchard. Yeah. And I, I mean, one thing we also have to consider with, with some of the Peyton Pritchard minutes, cause they've, they've been pretty variant. They're all over the yeah. place. 
But we've also seen garbage time in these games. I know game one, not that much. It was the last minute of the game. He wasn't even involved in that. Last game, though, the, the Celtics didn't play their starters in the fourth quarter. They ran their uh, bench fellas, lineup for basically the entire No Peyton Pritchard uh, on NHA tonight. Oh, there oh. isn't? Is no, the sir. Not updated? Uh, yeah, it's not, not, not showing his line. The Robert Williams is uh, here, though. Okay. okay, so the Robert Williams, but, but uh, it's, probably, it's, can the audience hear you? Is yeah, the Robert yeah, Williams re- PRA 20 and a half? Eight, 18 and a half. Okay, so everything is incorrect. All right, well, we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about some of the, the, the Time Lord props here anyway. And yeah, we can you know, his health is super, super shaky. Like, I have no clue what we're getting from him from a health perspective. So we'll talk about the Robert Williams and... You know, at 18 and a half, I'd have to side towards the under, but it's hard to feel really confident. Number one, he is listed as questionable. I think there is a chance that Robert Williams doesn't end up playing today. I know in general, I think, eh, postseason, somebody's listed as questionable, more likely to play than not. Depending how good he feels today, I'm just not sure how much he has to contribute. Uh, We saw last game, Robert Williams played 14 minutes, finished with two points, two rebounds, and an assist. Just didn't look right at all. Was favoring the knee a lot. One thing also that really worked against him, was there was a play where I forget exactly what transpired, but Marcus Smart ended up rolling into Robert Williams' knee. And then just as a result, Robert Williams came up really gimpy. And, you know, we, he's been dealing with his knee injury. He had a torn meniscus, missed the last month of the regular season, came back earlier than expected in the playoffs. He's been in and out of the lineup. I do consider him an actual questionable here. I think there's an actual chance he misses the game based on him playing 14 minutes and not being super effective last game. But let's break this down a couple of ways. First, in terms of Robert Williams, could you get behind the unders for him based on what we've seen before? And then we'll start talking about what happens if he's ruled out tonight. Yeah, I think we can definitely get behind that under. It was a pretty strong under at 20 and a half. It was in the 90s. Let's call it, you know, low 80-ish probably if we're taking two points off the PRA up top there. But I do think that makes some sense. And just looking at the minutes, like you were saying in the last game, there was the garbage time in the end where none of the starters were out there. So we discount that a little bit. But even the minutes that he was getting were kind of shorter stints than in game one where he just got a little bit bigger chunk in like the second quarter. Second quarter, he came in in game two. And it looks like he just played, what, three minutes, 45 seconds without like any foul trouble or anything like that. It wasn't a huge stint in game one in the second quarter. It was only five and change minutes, but that's a difference, right? They were shaving it down a little bit. Same thing in the third quarter. And then he didn't play the fourth quarter in the last game. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, if we're talking about him potentially not playing, then we've got to be concerned around a potential limits minutes limitation or a limits limitation either way. Um, So, yeah, I think we can kind of roll with our 20.2 minutes projection here which has him if he's 21.1 minute average for the playoffs he's been sitting at a 13.3 pra so that is well below where we where that line is regardless so i think we can go to that one and under basically any circumstance and like i said he's been in and out of the lineup it's so hard to feel good about his health he was only able to play 14 minutes last game he's listed as questionable and by the way the last couple of games even though he's played they have come out ahead of time and Ime Odoka said in pregame press conferences they would like to limit him to around 20 minutes. He's arguably the best defensive player on the team. He's super valuable to the Celtics. There's no way where if he's totally healthy, they're saying, you know, hours in advance of the game, hey, we'd like to keep him to 20 minutes. He's clearly not right. Something is wrong. So I think there is a chance he gets ruled out. If he doesn't end up playing, you know, I think we look at a bigger role for Al Horford. And as is, I think some of the overs are favorable looking for Horford, seven and a half rebounds being one, for instance. 
So with the series being 1-1, it's the NBA Finals. I think we could expect guys like Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown for Boston to play really big minutes. But let's say Robert Williams ultimately isn't able to play today. How would that make some of these Al Horford props, which already look okay, even more favorable? Yeah, I mean, Horford's out there. He does kind of everything out on the court for the team, sitting at a 12.7% rebounding percentage for the playoffs, 13.9% assist share. So he picks up a little bit of everything uh, in, ter- in terms of that, a little bit of facilitation, a little bit of rebounding, uh, definitely a primetime scorer when he needs to be, 64.7% true shooting percentage for the playoffs. So Big Al can get it done here. I think the rebounding one is kind of easy to pick off. That was the one we've got on the site, seven and a half. We've got him projected out at nine and a half. Not sure exactly what uh, which one the line is, but considering what he's done for the course of the playoffs, averaging 9.3 rebounds a game in 36 minutes a night, we've got him projected out at that 36-minute mark. I think certainly you know, a, a, a 9-10 rebound performance is in line here for Al Horford, especially if there's no Time Lord out there. He's going to see probably minutes into the 40s. He's probably going to see some additional rebounding opportunities. So I like the rebounding prop for Big Al uh, any way, uh, shape, or form here. And honestly, you could probably get away with like going down to the PRA if you wanted to pick up some of his facilitation, some of his scoring as well. I do think he's going to see a pretty significant chunk of minutes if you get that situation with no Williams. Yeah. And I mean, I would like to say there's other guys we could potentially get behind, but I'm not sure. Uh, Tyler, can you check? Are there Grant Williams props up on NHA? Um, Terry and I both being in New Jersey, we can't access the site. So we just go off the projections. We have anything for Grant Williams, no Grant Williams tonight. All right. No Grant Williams. I was going to say he's somebody else that would stand to benefit in the absence of Robert Williams. Cause sure. we've seen Grant Williams move into the starting lineup, but I mean, this is kind of uh, a moot point. It's a no, no need to have the conversation about Grant Williams potential props when they're not available, but just to bring it up for instance, anyway, we've seen Grant Williams make a handful of starts in the playoffs, either when Robert Williams has been out or, you know, also, when Al Horford had to miss time when he was in the COVID protocols. And we've seen Grant Williams play upwards of 40 minutes in some of those spots. We've seen some better fantasy production, but it doesn't matter if there's no prop lines available for him. You know, it's really funny when you and I talk about NHA, and I I bring this up a lot, we mention it, but it's kind of infrequently that we care about the star players. It's not that often we talk about a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown. We're usually focused more on the role players, but is there anything here that stands out to you about Tatum or Brown from their props? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of since we're dealing with one game, we don't have a ton of choices that are standing out in like the high 80s, 90s kind of range. But if we want to get into some of those uh, some of those stars in the overs, you can get into the, the mid 60s kind of a frame on like a Jalen Brown rebounds. And if we're talking about a scenario where there's just going to be more rebounds available for the Celtics in general, in the absence of a time Lord, Jalen could certainly pick some of those up six and a half rebound uh, line. 7.36 is where we've got him projected for the playoffs. He's got a 8.8 rebounding percentage. He's averaging uh, 3.6 per or excuse me, 6.8 per game in 37.6 minutes. So he's right on that average. Anyway, we've got him projected for 40 minutes. So beyond the minutes average that he's getting. So I could definitely see Jalen putting that in. Uh, if you wanted to go to the Jason Tatum points, they're probably going to need to ride some uh, Jason Tatum scoring to success here. 30.8 is or 30.18 is where we've got him projected. We've got him two and a half points out beyond his, uh, his uh, prop line here at 27 and a half. I think that's well within the realm of expectation. He's averaging 26.3 for the playoffs in 40.7 minutes. We've got him projected out at 43 whopping minutes. So I definitely think there's reason to believe that Tatum could get to that scoring line as well. Yeah, uh, I could I could see that also. And by the way, when it comes to Jason Tatum, 
I projected him for 43 minutes tonight. And I mean, I don't think that's that crazy. So last game he played 34 minutes, but also keep in mind the game was a blowout. Starters didn't play the fourth quarter. It's not crazy to think he could have played that entire fourth quarter and would have been well over 40 minutes. Game one of the series, he played 42 minutes, and that includes him not playing the final minute of the game. Then the final games against Miami, game seven, game six, and game five, he played 46, 45, and 44 minutes. So uh, I, I personally projected Tatum for 43. I don't think that's that outlandish. And obviously, the more minutes you give him, the more that helps his counting stats. Uh, anything else that stands out to you about the Boston Celtics uh, that we should talk about? If not, we can move on over to the uh, to the Warriors. Um, just the Marcus Smart rebounds is another one that kind of sits in there. It's sitting at a 67.9 on the board that I have. It was at three and a half on this board. Not sure what it is in uh, reality, but if that's available, 67% or I think that's somewhat uh, reasonable as well. Just again, you know, more expectation of additional rebounds. If you get a limited or a non-playing Williams smart averaging 4.4 for the playoffs in 35.4 minutes, we've got to project it out at 37.9 minutes Kind of easy math to see him get into that one. So uh, 4.23 is our rebounding projection. That's a little bit thin in comparison to the to the actual prop there. But I think if his minutes come in around where we've got to project, I see him cruising into that. So that one's another one to call out there. A lot of rebounding props for these guys. Yeah, I agree. So Marcus Smart, three and a half. So listen to these numbers. So last game, once again, we could kind of write that game off. The starters didn't play the fourth quarter. Marcus yeah, Smart largely cool. sucked in that contest. But either way, let's even let's even take that one in. Two rebounds for Marcus Smart. Here are his previous playoff games in terms of rebound numbers before that. Five, nine, four, five, four, nine, seven, five, four. So that was what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games in a row he hit the over. To find a game before last game where he missed that mark, you would have to go back to game four against the Milwaukee Bucks. So it's it's been a good run of Marcus Smart hitting the over on that prop. It's, it's too low. That looks, that looks like a pretty safe one. Yeah, I like that spot. That's a really solid run. And I mean, just that's that's what he does on the court, right? He's just that scrappy guy, plays a lot of defense, grabs those loose balls, grabs rebounds. Like, he's he's a scrappy, hell, hell of a good player. Could be All on right, my so team any day. Uh, it's, he's, you know, I was going to say he's kind of the type of guy where it's like you love him if he's on your team, you hate him <laughs> if you're running against him. I don't know that's really the case totally with Marcus Smart. Uh, it's definitely the case with Draymond Green on the opposite side of this game. So <laughs> yeah, talk sure. a little bit more about the Warriors in a second. But first, you guys get exclusive awesome discounts and a first crack at beta testing for some of our new tools and features. By joining our awesome MVP text program, you can sign up by texting MVP22 to 1-660-656-4417. You'll automatically be entered into win a drawing for a year of Osmo Plus Platinum if you text that number. So all you have to do is text that number, text MVP22 to the number. And by the way, that's also in the video description below. It's going to be on the screen. So don't think you have to just memorize that number. It's You could also find that below, but good way to get some you know potential information and also access to free tools and whatnot. So uh, that's something to take advantage of. Now let's talk about the Golden State Warriors side of the game. Once again, I think the public is going to be all over the Warriors. I think I'm going to be taking a lot of shit on NBA Live before lock tonight. A lot of people are going to be telling me that my Boston Celtics are dead in the water because the series is tied 1-1. I mean, if anything, the Celtics are in a more favorable position entering the series than they are right now because they have home court advantage now. They won one game in Golden State. I don't think it was that. My trolling and jokes on Twitter aside, it wasn't that reasonable to expect the, the Celtics win both games in Golden State. I'm more than no. happy with them taking one of those games and their favorites today. They're going to be favorites yeah, next a, game. 
Yeah, as a ticket holder, you're thrilled to get one of the first two on the yeah. road. That's a great situation to be in. Yeah, anybody who's giving you shit about that later on is uh, but in he, advance. He, I'm saying they're a moron. Here's the way it works, though. Here's the way it works. People, whatever happened in the last game of a playoff game, people just think that's what happens in every game yep. going forward. That's always what it is. You see, like, like remember the, the Rangers were on their way to the Stanley Cup Finals after they got up 2-0 against the Lightning, and then uh, I don't know what Tyler's fingers. Yeah, oh, my theory was. about that the finals are going to go to Game 7, Greg. I've already told you this. Oh, gosh, gotcha, gotcha. I was proved right was in the nine-point dog miraculously beating the Celtics and forcing Game 7 there. That was that was just some ammo to the theory. I, I just I, Game 7 Are you suggesting that the NBA might engineer results of... Uh, uh, Tyler's very on board with the idea that the games are all decided by referees and people pulling <laughs> strings and puppeteers. Allegedly. I mean... There's a little bit of that in the NBA, but you know, it's, it's for entertainment's sake. This is sports entertainment. It's wrestling. Basically. What's uh? here's, here's a question for Tyler. Tyler, what's the one sport outside of, I mean, I guess we don't really consider uh, wrestling this, but what's one sport that you are totally convinced of is rigged that you think would make the public most upset. Make the public most up. Well, I mean, it's the NBA by far, and like my opinion, and I, I I think that would it's the NBA, and then probably MLB close second would be my guesses. Really, not NFL? Yeah, see, I think I, NFL. I, I think one. I think there's too much at play in an NFL so game to specifically. But NFL gives you the most opportunities to do it easily. You get those little. Spot the ball here yeah, instead of there, so, and it's you know you've got so much influence as a ref in the NFL. Even in the, the other NBA, thing too like, is if you, if you're an NBA ref, you could call a foul on an individual play, but there's also other refs on the on the field. If you're an NFL ref, you could call the one of those bogus pass interference calls that accounts for like 60 yards. There's no equivalent to that <laughs> right. in another sport. Now paying yeah, off referees, paying off referees, yeah, it would be the uh, the NFL would be the easiest. But as for like having players in on it or something in like that, yeah, in NBA than MLB, it would be the see, easiest see, in which a player a could affect a game. I don't see a lot of them with players getting money these days. Like it's not. It's not like the days of the Black Sox where these guys were making $8,000 for the entire season and it was easy enough to bribe them, right? These guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. It's, you know, you would need so much capital. But then again, you do see things like this Saudi Golf League that everybody's talking about that's throwing $200, $300 million at these guys and they're jumping at it. So maybe there's enough money. But then who are you making a bet with that's sizable enough to make that worthwhile? Are you making like a hundred billion dollar bet with like Elon Musk at that point? Like, I, don't think do you do? I don't think it's for betting purposes. I, I should clarify. I don't think it's for betting purposes. I think it's just for to, TV and ad spot. The world. No, no, no. TV and ad spot ratings. Uh, that's I mean, on behalf of the league. Yeah. That, yeah that's, that, I, that, that I think would, that's my theory behind it is that like the, the league gains more from ad revenue and views in a game yeah. seven than any theoretical thing, just because it's game yeah. seven. And if you have certain teams, if you get uh a New York team over a Phoenix, uh, LA over a, you know, uh, I don't know if I can, somebody Portland. So here's, here's the easiest way to poke a hole in this. Tyler thinks he was proven right because the Eastern conference finals went seven games, but then why did the Western conference finals end in five games? Like what they're all, the fix is only in for half the bracket. <laughs> Tyler respond. West, the West did hit their I, quarter for the year. They made enough money this year. The East did. Well, it, the, the two biggest games, like I, I just, I don't think just because that game, it's true. I think it has validity. 
when there's a nine-point road dog that miraculously wins to force game seven. Well, it I wasn't just a miraculous it. win. Jimmy Butler hit every single shot that game. <laughs> like, is it, this is the old, have you ever, if you want to see something funny, uh, Google uh, magnets, rims, NBA. There are people who are totally convinced that the NBA rigs games by turning magnets on in the rims <laughs> in the basketball to make the shots go in. This oh, is a totally real thing. That's not like if I Google magnets, NBA, YouTube. Even for me, Greg, and that's saying something. <laughs> right, I'll believe. I'll believe a lot. Here, of here stuff we go. All right, world. here we go. Here's YouTube video proof the NBA uses magnetic rims, and the video has about <laughs> half a million views on YouTube. Like this is this is not some kind of small. Like there are people who are really full behind it, and I'm sorry to say, Tyler, you're in the same group as them now. I I mean. You can put me in with the flat earthers, but don't put me in with the magnetic rim guys. Come on, Greg. I have, right. I have more yeah, credit than that. You're going to mess with your tinfoil hat. You can't do that. Flat flat earther, NBA games are all rigged, and uh, <laughs> birds are fake. All, all things birds have been are... said by Tyler Zander. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, more about NHA and try to hit on these Warriors props. Uh, right off the bat, anything from the Warriors that really stands out to you far and above anything else that's being offered from the Golden State side of the game? We've got a bunch of Jordan Poole living in the 80s and 90s on the one on the under on the one that I'm looking at. I'm not exactly sure where they fall for what's actually on the site. I have like the PRA 26 and a half points plus assist 23 and a half the assist four and a half. Sounds like those are all right. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that's up in the 90s. We've got him projected at 29.7 minutes. He's been averaging 29.4 for the playoffs. Seen 23 and 25 minutes the first two games of this series. His PRA average over the course of the playoffs in the 29 minutes was 25.2, so just under that line. Um, given that we're giving him about that much in our projection, I'm actually surprised that the under is coming in quite that high. Um, I'd be a little bit more confident in it if we're projecting kind of around the uh, minutes that we saw him get in the last couple of games. But given that the sites got him up in the uh, in the 90s, I got to believe that there's a reason for that. We've got the PRA projected at a 20.3 compared to that 26 and a half line. So with that projection, it's a great differential there. It's just I'm not sure exactly how we're arriving at that projection if we're giving him all those minutes. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing, too, when it comes to Jordan Poole, if you're just looking at his average numbers for the entire playoffs, don't forget, Steph Curry was hurt to start the playoffs. He was coming off the bench and playing limited minutes. Some of that was more advantageous to Jordan Poole's playing time. Something else to note when it comes to his minutes dipping in the last uh, couple of games. Gary Payton returned last game. Mm -hmm. Two games ago, we had Andre Iguodal in the mix. We need updates on these guys. Gary Payton's official. Gary Payton's going to play, whatever. That, that's nonsense. It doesn't matter. His list is questionable. Andre Iguodala listed as questionable. This is a legitimate concern of a guy who could be in and out of the lineup. So Iguodala was unable to play in game two. If Iguodala and Gary Payton both play tonight, I just don't think there's as many minutes available for Jordan Poole. Now, I know people love Jordan Poole because he's the he's, – this is my least favorite archetype of player, a guy who's solely based on high-volume shooting, doesn't play good defense, and is an inefficient scorer. But that's also what the public loves is that type of guy where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, look, he's taking all these. Hey, look, Jordan Poole made a half court shot in the third quarter. Yeah, that was really impressive. But at the same time, too, he doesn't really provide much value outside of being able to shoot and score the basketball, which he doesn't really do at a super high clip. So I do think there's a chance here that should there be a situation where Gary Payton and Andre Udall are both active, 
I think we could see something like 20 minutes from Jordan Poole. That would make his unders look pretty good. But yeah, uh, sure. once again, we're going to need an update on Peyton, which, like I said, not really he's going to play. Iguodala is an actual concern. But if Iguodala and Peyton are both in, I mean, they're going to play minutes. I don't think either of those guys are going to be DNPs. So I, I think that you have to start to figure like, okay, where is their playing time going to come from? It's not coming from Curry. It's not coming from Draymond Green. It's not coming from Clay Thompson, you know, unless, unless there's foul trouble outside of that. It's probably Jordan Poole plays a few less minutes. So we'll be up to date on the injury report. Yeah, and that's that's why it looked a little bit odd as I was going through it because we have him projected for that full complement of 29 minutes. And that doesn't totally jibe with that line that I'm seeing there. So I'll be curious to see how that one changes. And uh, yeah, particularly with news. It's also interesting just looking at the the last game. It looks like uh, he didn't play the entire third quarter and then played the entire fourth quarter in that garbage time stint. So that's kind of interesting that he picked up a big chunk of his 22.6 in the last game in that fourth quarter in garbage time too. Yeah. Uh, and that's something else. That, and part of that too, is I think he struggled so much in game one and then he was making some outrageous shots in game two. Then the game was a blowout. They were like, Hey, let's, yeah. let's give Jordan Poole some more run and give him a little bit more confidence. Something they did similarly. Clay has sucked the first two games of the series. The, the, the worst played him almost the entire fourth quarter of the blowout run last game to try to get a shot going. And it did nothing. He couldn't make anything. It was, it, it was for, as, as well as the Warriors played as a team, making everything. Clay was not one of the contributors to that. He could not, <laughs> he could not get anything going from the field. Uh, yeah, anything else from the from Warriors. The field and over for two for th- from three in that, uh, in that fourth quarter stint. Yeah. Oh, it was in the, the rest of the game was four the for rest 19 of the game was, overall. Yeah. Four for 19 overall one for eight from three. Yeah. The rest of the game was fairly rough too. Any, any, game. Anything else here that looks good to you from the Warrior side? Um, you could pick off maybe that Steph assists under. That's always interesting. The one on the, on my sheet here is six and a half. We've got a projected uh, about an assist below that. And it's just one of those situations where if Steph's going to be focused on scoring, Draymond's going to be focused on facilitation and rebounding and everything. You could see Steph fall shy of that 27.7% assist percentage for the uh, for the playoffs so far this, this uh, year, um, averaging – 6.0 per game in 33.8 minutes per game. We've got a projected 36.7 minutes. So it's tight. It's projected that way, 72% or it's not the biggest spot on the board, but looking at the unders, that's the other one that uh, kind of stood out. And then you can flip over to the overs. We've got Steph's uh, three pointers over sitting at a, uh, a pretty juicy 71%. It's a three and a half line. We've got a projected for 4.2. I think anybody uh, it's always at least fun to chase those Steph overs. And when we've got a nice separation on the line uh, and the, and the prop there, I think that's one we can build into a card and kind of just enjoy watching the greatest shooter of all time play his trade. Yeah. And uh Totally think all that makes sense. I don't really think there's too much else to look at. Uh, Terry, we're pretty much out of time here. Do you have any other thoughts on the game or any props available here? Um, That would be it. I mean, maybe uh, either one of the Wiggins or Looney rebounding props on the over looks kind of good, specifically if we're also thinking maybe no time lord on the other side diminishes the Celtics rebounding capabilities. Those guys get a little bit more worn down just from playing additional minutes, working a little harder. So maybe there's some free rebounds for these guys. So I think if you're looking to fill out a card, those are fine off the, uh, the top of the overs column. Other than that, let's go Celtics. I'm with you on that one. All right. I love, I love to see the support, Terry. Guys, that'll do it for us. If you haven't done it already, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll be back later in the day. Check out MLB Live Before Lock, NBA Deeper Dive, NBA Live Before Lock, and there's going to be a watch-along party once again tonight. I believe it's Lafayette and Josh doing it, so check that out as well on Playback. Good luck tonight, everybody.